Talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music. This is the Hope FM Artist Interview. And welcome to this week's episode of The Artist Interview, a podcast from Hope FM, also on our partner stations worldwide. And I tell you what, it's wonderful to invite this guest guest to be back with us again. Uh, this guy's in the Hope FM chart. He's, he's had 18 singles in our chart. That's the, that's the joint fifth highest of anyone. Uh, he's had five number ones. Uh, and you know what? <laughs> in total... 393 weeks in our charts. You're absolutely going to love hearing from him again. But before we welcome him, let's hear this first track. You're going to know it is as soon as I start playing it, I'm sure, because this is Truth Be Told. I say I'm fine, yeah. And that was Truth Be Told by the wonderful Matthew West. Matthew, it's great to have you back with us. Thanks for joining us. How are you doing? Oh, it's, it's great to be with you. Thanks for having me today. So you're on tour at the moment. You're joining us from your tour bus. So where, where are you in the world at the moment and, and who are you touring with? Well, my hat will tell you where I am. I always pick up uh, some gear from different cities that I travel to. So uh, this is the Kansas City Royals. Um, I'm in Kansas City, Missouri today, and uh, the baseball team there uh, gave me some some free swag. So uh, <laughs> that's cool. And I, I've got to say, it, looking at your hat, it meant nothing to me at all. I was like, Casey, Casey, I don't know who that is, but if I, I was American, I would know straight. I did see the crown. I thought maybe the crown would uh, make you think it was something else, but uh, yeah, yeah, I thought it was, so, I thought it was like a, a kingdom club for kids or something like that. That's what I thought. But there we yeah, go. Well, here in the U.S., uh, it actually happens to be I'm talking to you on opening day of the uh, Major League Baseball season, and uh, I grew up wanting to be a baseball player, and uh, that dream. Well, we can we all know how well that dream worked out because I'm not talking to you about baseball today. I'm talking to you about music, but that's just proof that God had a better plan for me all along. So I'm talking to you from uh, the back bedroom of my tour bus and uh, we're on tour right now. It's called the brand new tour. And uh, I, I released an album called brand new two years ago. And so it's quite ironic that uh, two years later, <laughs> The brand new tour is finally going on the road. As you know, and your listeners know, we've had one obstacle after the other, one trying time after the other. So it's it's uh, pretty ironic. But my band and the musicians are all thankful to be once again gathering uh, with communities in city after city and, and singing uh, to the God who's brought us through these hard times. Wow. In fact, I, I remember talking to you. So when we spoke back in 2020, the album was released in February 2020. And we spoke a few months after that. I remember. And, and you just say, you said it was ironically titled and, uh, and you said, maybe you're going to re-release it and call it. Let's try this again. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. And well, and it's so funny because like the idea of a, of a tour happening two years late, you know, I, I have to say, though, I've been getting up on stage and I get this overwhelming feeling. And I said it to the crowd the other night that like, I've been thinking to myself, this concert's happening two years later than it was supposed to happen. But when I sense the expectation of that audience, I'm telling you, I can't help but feel like it's 
right on time. Like it literally, it, there's these moments where you're like, for such a time as this, for such a time as this. And you start to smile when you think, why would I ever doubt God's timing? Like he's never late. He's always on time. His plan and his timing is always perfect. And so I'm learning and rediscovering that in a really sweet and special way by stepping on stage after not being able to do that for a long time. And it's been really special. So I get excited to come to a city to wear their baseball team's hat, to hear the crowd cheer, to see the hands in the air, to sing together. And uh, I, I wish I could come and do that for your listeners someday soon. You, you know, you'd be very, very welcome. And, and the UK is fully open. There's, there's no restrictions or anything in the UK whatsoever at the moment. So um, uh, there's always an invitation it's for time. you. It's time. It's uh, time. Have you ever been to Big Church Day Out? Never once. Never once. Never once. Because no. your friend Mark, I've got a feeling he's been there. Mark, Mark Hall, he's been there numbers of times. Yes, and uh, I think he, I don't know if he just like steals my invitation and he gets to go instead. But <laughs> if you know anybody, uh, put in a word for me. <laughs> I, I think get Mark to put a word for an interview because I reckon... <laughs> You would love it. It's and it's a big, it's a big festival, sort of between thirty to forty thousand people, which is the biggest one in Europe. Wow. So, so you would you would have a blast, and Matthew you definitely should come to that. So, at the moment, who else are you on? Who else are you on tour with? Yeah. So right now, I'm actually with um, Jordan Feliz, who happens to have the number one song on Christian radio in the U.S. this week. Wow. With a song called "Jesus Is Coming Back." And uh, he's so talented. And then we have a, another young artist named Hannah Kerr who's joining us. And then what I did is I took my whole tour and I broke it up into three parts with three different artists, like support artists joining me. So we had Ann Wilson, who's a really talented young artist who I've gotten to write some songs with, a um, song called My Jesus that she had out uh, over the past year. It's been, it's, it was right at the top of our charts. It's been, it's, it was a great, yeah. great track. Well, we met by that. The first day we met, we wrote that song together and I said, well, let's go on tour together. And so, and then Jordan Feliz and then a band uh, that I've done some writing with called Kane is coming with me uh, later in the month as well. So it's been a lot of fun being back on the road, but uh, being on the tour bus, like I am today, uh, it definitely makes me miss my own bed. Yeah, <laughs> I can I can imagine, but it looks it looks quite a luxurious to us from here on looking on looking on the Zoom. It's nicely appointed, so um, it's a nice tour bus. It's uh, you know, you I certainly I spent a lot of years traveling around in a van, and uh, so th I am very blessed. <laughs> That's cool. So how many how many shows are you doing as part of this tour? Oh, uh, like thirty five shows from uh, between February and May. So uh, it's definitely a busy season. And um, but it's been, you know, I think about the scripture that talks about not growing weary and well doing. And that's how I feel when we're on tour, like somehow, some way, like we're tired, but we we find the strength to get on stage and we love what we're doing. And, you know, it's just it feels like we're kids again, you know, like I can't believe we get to do this again. Uh, so sometimes having things taken away from you uh, really reminds you you have so much to be grateful for yeah in fact you mentioned a moment ago about god never being late and i do totally agree with you but sometimes from my perspective it does feel a bit like he misses a lot of opportunities to be early <laughs> well <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure it's about helping me grow in patience and helping me 
pray and and receive and and, and fitting into his bigger picture and his timing and his timing is perfect yes, um, but, uh, uh, that is well said though i i think about you know scripture talks about a day being but a thousand years and a thousand years being but a day and and really just kind of throwing it all up in the air and realizing that we have no concept of any time frame other than our own, our human, you know, it's so you're exactly right. Like there's so many times, especially in these last couple of years, we've thought, God, would you hurry up and, and deliver us from this, this insanity. And uh, you're exactly right. There's times I wish he would show up earlier than he does, but, but when, uh, you know, when he does, bring us through that time or restore something to us that's been taken away. Um, there's this, there's re- renewed sense of God, forgive me for the, the times that I didn't trust you because I know your ways are higher and I'm, I'm trying to see that high, but it's really hard for me sometimes. So um, I think these times just really remind us of our own humanity and, uh, and our inability to, to see from God's perspective, we are not God. And uh Boy, if we've ever needed a reminder of that, these last couple of years have have brought us back to our knees and humbled us with that reminder. And I think that's really true. Talking about things that have been challenging over the last couple of years, would you be happy for me to talk to you about Modest is Hottest? (laughs) Because I got to say, I actually really liked it. I thought it was clever. I thought it was funny. I thought it had a point, but I could take it at, at face value. Now, some of our listeners may not know about the modestest, hottest controversy that I, I, I can tell you, Matthew, that as part of my research for the interview, I, I was looking up about things and I actually found that, and I didn't see it at the time because I don't buy it, but Britain's biggest selling newspaper is the Daily Mail. And you had a whole chunk in the Daily Mail about this. Uh, and it, it goes on about, uh, ooh, uh, modest is hottest song is blasted promoting purity culture and teaching girls they are just sex objects that exist for the pleasure of men. I'm like, I can't really see how you got that from the song because the song is, it's parody. It's talking about, well, in fact, why didn't you tell us what the song was talking about? What, what were you aiming for it with it, Matthew? Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that I've tried to do with my platform of music is uh, I think a lot of times Christian music can be very serious and for good reason. But like, you know, I, I realized one of my giftings is, is the use of humor in, you know, speaking my message of hope to the world. And so, you know, I've written funny songs my whole career. I actually started my career playing at college in universities and nobody was listening to me because nobody knew my music. And so I would make up songs on the spot. And that's a, that's kind of a tradition at my concerts, like that I'll just make up a song sometimes and sing about whatever city I'm in and people start laughing. And, and I've always felt like a big part of what I do is, is two H's, humor and heart, you know? And so, so it's not uncommon for me to write sort of a, a humorous song that then allows me to get to the heart of the matter as well. And with this particular song, I'm a dad of two daughters. And I, I just had this idea of this joke of a song called Modest is Hottest. And it's really poking fun at a dad who's like getting nervous by the way the boys are starting to like knock on the door and kind of this idea of like, we live in a TikTok age right now where you're seeing young kids get on TikTok and really like flaunt their bodies in doing these dances and, and just kind of, 
you know, as a parent, you're trying to figure out how do I navigate this, like from and help my daughters navigate a healthy view of themselves, who, what they want to be known for, uh, the importance of understanding what they put on social media and how it can follow them throughout their lives. Uh, the importance of understanding of the dangers of social media and when you're showing your skin or your body, um, who the potential people on the other side of that, that video that you're posting. Uh, we're living in an era where the shorts get shorter and the, the shirts get more and more like crop tops. And as a dad and as a parent, you know, it's I just think it's paramount for a parent to try to teach their children and especially a dad of daughters to say, Hey, your worth is not defined by your outward appearance. You know, a man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And, um, and so really when I was writing this song, if anything, I was poking fun at myself at being an overprotective dad who often loses the battle when trying to like make sure that the shorts aren't too short and things like that. And so I just wrote this good hearted song kind of promoting what I thought were healthy values. And I wound up stepping into this already existing storm of a conversation called purity culture. And I have to be honest, like call me naive. Maybe people might say I was even lying. I was not involved in that conversation. I, I had no intention of being thrown into that conversation. The timing of it wound up just being a perfect storm of the church was already being accused by kind of the woke mob for promoting this thing called purity culture. When I grew up, my parents always encouraged me um, that, that sex was, was something that um, God designed and that's part of his plan, but in the confines of a marriage relationship. Now, I, I see nothing confrontational or controversial about that. And I never felt shamed about that, but I realized some people maybe had an other, a different experience. And, and so I think that's why it wound up kind of, I, I just heard the word trigger a lot in releasing this goofy song and people said it triggered them. And, you know, I, I don't, at the risk of sounding insensitive to people who feel triggered by things, I just couldn't help but think to myself, well, if this trick, what doesn't trigger you? Like, if you go to the wrong restaurant and the waitress makes a comment about, I, I mean, like what, what's not going to trigger you? And at what point is every, why is everybody responsible for the things that you think you're triggered by? Like it just, you know, I don't know. I feel like a lot of what happened to me was people who had father issues, people who had issues with the church, people who had maybe even been mistreated by a, a preacher or a minister and it all got projected on this singer who was making a humorous statement about his relationship with his daughters. And I have to tell you, it's always the minority that's the most vocal. The people that then came out of the woodwork saying, hey, I'm a dad or we're parents and we love this song. I was on stage the other night and a whole family had made shirts. And I, I get on stage and I see this entire family of like seven people with homemade shirts that said modest is hottest. And, and I thought, you know, what a shame that our culture, you know, perverted something that was not perverse in nature. And, mm -hmm. um, and so as a Christian, I, I fully should expect to be misunderstood. I did not expect a humorous song to be what was going to throw me in the middle of, of cancel culture. And that's exactly what they attempted to do. Um, the last thing I'll say is I, 
I pulled the song and that's when I realized the whole Christian, there was a whole group of Christian fans, people who listened to my music, who they thought I was making a political statement with this song. And by pulling the song, they called me a coward and, you know, I'm caving to the woke mob. And, and, you know, to that, I would just say like, man, I, I got so many hateful messages about my children and I really felt like my children were being put in harm's way. And you know what? At the end of the day, I look at the name of your show, you know, and that word hope. And I want to be a message of hope. I don't want to I don't want to get in the way of the kingdom business that I want to be about in my life. And this song was not intended to be a political statement. And it certainly wasn't intended to put my daughters in harm's way. And so once again, I stepped in as a dad and decided it was best for my family to pull the song. And what I'll say, this is the last thing I'll say is I went through a season of learning that I truly am here to please an audience of one. And it's not you. And it's not anybody who hates me for that song. And it's not anybody who hated me for pulling the song away. I'm, I'm truly here for an audience of one. And I think, Somewhere along the line, maybe I got lost and forgot and try to win the approval of people around me. And I'm not here for that. And so that that song taught me a lot. There was a lot of unfortunate things about it. And I just decided it wasn't worth leaving the song up. Do you know, what? as a dad, thank you for writing the song. And as a dad, I really respect you for also pulling it as well. And I'm sorry that you got so much flack from all quarters. You're almost in a couldn't win situation. The irony here. So when I, when I look at the Daily Mail, um, there's, there's a little bit in the song that says a little less Kardashian. Um, and in this Daily Mail, uh, so it's the online version of it, it's got those things that you can click down the side to read all the other stories. And one of them is a picture of one of the Kardashians wearing almost nothing. And I'm like, you, they're, they're accusing you of saying that that you're, you're teaching girls their sex objects that exist for the pleasure of men. And then here I am in the paper that's slagging you off. I apologize for that word, listeners. Here you are in the paper that's not giving you a nice time. And then they're doing something that so obviously is promoting what they seem to be getting. I'm like, I'm lost really, Matthew. And who thought it would be controversial that a dad is trying to encourage his daughters that they are not sex objects. And instead they perverted the message of the song they flipped it upside down and said that that's exactly what i was doing they were calling me a cult leader they were calling for my children to be taken away from me because i wasn't an unfit parent and wow. I, you know it's look i don't want my daughters i and so i i didn't pull the song because i changed my beliefs i didn't pull the song because i'm a coward i pulled the song to protect my daughters but every day all day i will stand by the belief that it is a parent's job not a school's job not Cardi B's job, not Kim Kardashian's job to to instill in their children um, where their true self-worth is to be found and who made them and what God says about them and what God says about sex and what God says about um, modesty and the importance of um, seeking attention for the right reasons. And, you know, look, I, I don't want my daughters growing up to believe that they got to get all kinds of fillers to to be pleasing in the eyes of the world. You tell me what's more dangerous, a Cardi B song that's that's just flaunting graphic sex and lyrics and swearing and all of that stuff being thrust upon our children. And then they're doing TikTok dances to those songs. Well, now you got me started. Now you got me fired up. But, you know, yeah. I guess all that to say is we should not be just just 
we should not be discouraged and we should not be surprised when our beliefs stand in contrast to the world. In fact, we should be alarmed if our beliefs are not offending anybody. That's when we should be worried. And that's when we should be checking to say, how am I living my life? It, because we are called to be counterculture and I'm okay with that. And there was a part of me, I'm, I'm not going to lie. And I've never told anybody this. I, and I mean that I, you probably have guests who might say, well, I've never said this before, but really I, I can't tell you how many times even talking to you right now, there's a part of me that wells up and goes, I should put that song back out. Like I should, I should take back the, that, you know what I mean? And it's like, and I don't want to, I'm not here to be a fighter, but I am here to stand up for my beliefs. And I, you know, I want to, I want to reach the end of my race and hear God say, well done. I'm not always going to hit the nail on the head and neither are you. Um, but I think it's coming to, more and more of a, there's a season coming for everyone who calls themselves a Christ follower to be able to give a defense of your faith and to learn how to do that in a way that's tactful and heartfelt and honest, but not watered down. And I'm asking the Lord to help me understand better how to do that as I move forward into this culture that we live in. Yeah. And the trouble for you is because you've got a platform, you what I could say within my small sphere, not not necessarily on air, I'm 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 not likely to to get people threatening me or my kids or things like that. But for you, because of your international fame, I'm afraid you got some serious flack, and um, I, I can fully respect you putting it. For anyone who doesn't know Matthew's songs, and he's very funny. And there's a track called Quarantine Life, which was one of our favourite comedy tracks of of 2020 and and we love playing that so um so i think people just took it totally out of context and they yeah. didn't know you to be able to speak into the situation so thank you for 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 the fun times i wasn't expecting us to talk about that today but i'm actually really glad you brought that up and and gave me a chance to to share you know because sometimes things happen and i will say this too here's i keep saying this is the last thing but you're sparking a lot of thoughts that i have about this and one and some things that i've learned because i mean wisdom comes from from i mean it's there's a reason why there's a saying called trial by fire you know what i mean like when you come out of that fire one of the things that i realized you know what it felt like in a moment like my wife and i were taking a walk in the middle of this, when it was coming at us, we just went for a walk and my wife started crying and I started crying and we both were like, what's happening? Like, this is the end of it. Like, this is it. Like we're, we're getting canceled. And, but you know what? Like the sun came up the next morning and I had a cup of coffee with my, and I sat with my daughters and my daughters gave me a hug and said, dad, we understood. And, and guess what happened the next day? The sun came up again. And then guess what happened? I still got booked to go sing a concert and, and, and the cancel culture went on and found another, you know, a carcass to go and be vultures around. You know what I mean? It was it, the storm passed yeah. and God was faithful. And I learned, and I just thought, you know, but in the moment you're like, Oh, it's never going to end. It's never going to end. And it just, it ended. And I had a friend who works at a major news network and I had like the Today Show and different news outlets calling me, wanting to have me on the show. And I thought, well, maybe this is what I should do. And I had a very high profile national news anchor who listens to my music. 
call me and say, don't come on our neck. Don't come on our network. And I was like, what? And she's like, wow. don't, because if you go and do that, you're going to only stoke the fight. Like, and so they even gave me wisdom of just going, it may not seem like it's going to pass, but it's going to pass. And just don't even come on the show. And it, and it was her show. It was, you know what I mean? And so, wow. That's just amazing. Very, very fortunate. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah. So I, I don't know, but, uh, you know, we move on and we learn and we still try to be a light in a dark world. I think that's the, the key thing about your music is it is spreading hope, faith, love, joy and peace as well. And, and a bit of laughter along the way. So, um, so, okay. And also some tears and, and some tears. And because, you know, I made a mistake. I, 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 and it was a mistake for me last time because I, I listened again to Let Me Tell You About. And when you tell me about William, I can't help but well up. So, um, I, and it, it's, I, that song is just a fantastic, fantastic song. Um, for listeners who aren't familiar with the, with the song, Let Me Tell You About, we're not going to play it. Oh, can you just tell us what, what's Let Me Tell You About, about Matthew? Yeah. So, um, it, yeah. So I write songs inspired by people's stories and, um, and I I've met so many different individuals in my travels that you would, you, you've heard the phrase walk in miracles, you know, it's like the idea of like just people who, who might even, someone might be listening right now and say, you know, I'm a walking miracle. And in a lot of ways we are all walking miracles, but this young boy, William, came up to me and just wanted to share his story with me. And, um, and I could tell that he was, um, he, he, he uh, had a limp when he walked and he stuttered when he talked and he, he couldn't use his left arm. And yet he had this big smile on his face. And he told me that his story was going to make me want to write a song. And he was right. And, and it was just about this young kid who had a series of strokes as a baby. And the doctors told his parents, he's not going to survive, but he survived. And then they said, well, he's never going to walk again but then he learned to walk and they said, well, he's never going to talk, but then he learned to talk. And, and he told me that, um, you know, that I always encouraged him through my music, that there was power in his story. And so he got up on Easter Sunday and told his story. And when he got to the part about how he'd never walk again, he said he dropped the mic and ran a lap around his church and the whole church stood up cheering for him. And that's what inspired me to write that song about the walking miracles in our lives and how we should never give up hope. So, um, yeah, those are the stories that inspired me to write the songs that I write. And I think that's a really nice thing because you're not just singing about your experiencing, you're singing about the people that you meet. And that's amazing. Dear listener, if you don't know the song I'm talking about, I would encourage you pop onto YouTube. You can see a video there. So look up Matthew West, let me tell you about, and you'll actually see William uh, on the video as well. It yes. is a fantastic video. In fact, it's been seen nearly, I think three quarters of a million times that, that particular video. And uh, I tell you what, what a blessing to, to see William. Uh, I'm just, it's beautiful, Matthew. I really love it. So, though it does just get to me. So, which is one of the beautiful things about the power of music and telling people's oh, stories. So, that's why I love it, man. You hear the right song at the right time, or, you know, and I think there's power in telling our stories. And, and so, that's one of the reasons why I write songs inspired by people's stories. Is I think we're going to talk about one today, too. But, like, you know, it's just the power of realizing that, like, we're all connected, we're all living different lives. We're not as different as we might be, you know, tempted to think we are. And so when we find connection in the hardships we face or the trials we face or the obstacles we have to overcome, 
um, there's there's real community when somebody tells their story and it gives somebody else a chance to say, oh, me too. You know what I mean? I'm not alone. Wow. And uh, just in fact, you tell about stories. In fact, you're, where, you, where you record is called the story house, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. And that's why I call it that. You know, I take people's stories there and I write songs inspired by them. And it's been a great, great joy of my life. So the song that we're going to play next uh, is uh, called Me On Your Mind. Can you tell us the, the backstory to that? Why did you write that and what's it all about? Yeah, um, I actually, uh, I had this title idea. And during the pandemic, my wife and I and my daughters, we would take along, we would take walks all the time. And I told my, one day my daughters didn't want to go for a walk and it was my wife and I, and I was just, telling her i was like i've got this idea for a song called me on your mind and i just was thinking about and i started to just unpack it like you know sometimes like like when i read the story of the prodigal son and how the father like ran out to meet him with arms open wide like no matter how many bad things he did i'm like i think about like god like did you write that like did you have that did you know i was gonna read that today like did you have me on your mind and then and then i was thinking about like just the thief on the cross and how like Jesus spoke to the thief on the cross and with his dying breaths told this convicted criminal that he would be in its in paradise. I'm like, was that with like, and when you stretch out your arms, like, did you do that with me on like the idea of the message of the gospel becoming personal to you on, on a very like just one-on-one -on -one personal level. And I was just describing it in my walk, looking straight ahead. And I look over at my wife and she wasn't responding. And it's because she was just bawling. And she's like, you need to write that. You need to write that. And so, and so I took it in and I actually sat down. We were done writing a song for our friend Ann Wilson for her record. And she, I remember she had her keys and she was walking out the door. We were saying goodbye. And, I was just like, you guys, I just have to write this song today. And I just started singing and it just, ha it just came out. And it just, and I think a lot of what I've been dealing with in my personal life is just, I feel like God's been showing me that he doesn't just love me. He likes me. And, and I know some, on the surface that may not seem like much of a, a delineation, much of a difference, but but I think there's something there's light in the love. And I think sometimes it's even, it's easier for me to say God loves me than it is to say God likes me. And the reason is because sometimes I don't like myself when I look in the mirror. So how could God possibly like me? And I've just been learning and I feel like God's been showing me in a whole different way. Like that he likes to hear the sound of my voice that he, that he, like the old hymn says, he wants to walk with me and talk with me. Like he really desires a friendship. And there was something about taking these walks with my wife and my daughters that made me really think about like my relationship with God. And like, who do you take walks with? You go on a walk with somebody that you want to talk to, that you go deep with, that you, that you like hanging out with. Right. I mean, can you imagine going on a walk with somebody that you, that you don't get along with? <laughs> like that's, you go one time my wife and I were on a walk and I said something to her that made her mad. And, 
And then she said something to me that made me mad. And like, all of a sudden we didn't want to walk together anymore. Like <laughs> she's on one side of the road and I'm on the other. And I just think about like the togetherness of that walk with Jesus. And that's really what made me want to write this song, Me On Your Mind. Me On Your Mind by Matthew West. I'm so pleased to say Matthew is still with us here for the artist interview. Matthew, thanks for everything that you've shared so far and uh, for that track just then with the, the poignant lyrics within it as well. Uh, and I'm sure it's things that many people can, can relate to and those questions go through our, our minds as well. God, God loves us because he has to love us, but does he like us and spending time with us and all those sorts of questions. It would be so helpful if you're happy to pray for listeners right now. I would love to. Let's pray right now. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your love. Thank you that Scripture does promise us that you are mindful of us. And uh, who is mankind that you are mindful of him? Human beings that you care for them. But you go even farther than that. You you know the very hairs on our head. You know um, every single day of our life before even one of them came to be. You, you have an acute and finite awareness of each one of our lives. And I just want to pray right now for any person listening to this who, who has been made to feel the opposite of known. Uh, anybody who's been made to feel like they're anonymous or just unknown or insignificant, God, that in this very moment that they will just let it wash over them, the reality that the king of the world, the God of all grace, the creator of the sun and the moon and the stars dreamed them up detail after detail from head to toe. God, the the thought that we are your idea is almost too much to take in, but let us not forget that Lord. And we thank you. We thank you for the ultimate sacrifice that when you, when you stretched out your arms and you took nails and, and, and you shed your blood, you paid the price for God so loved the world. I pray that everybody listening to this right now can, can dare to see their name where the word world is. For God so loved the world. We are all included in that. Thank you, Lord, that you are mindful of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, and if you've been listening to me and Matthew chatting about this God uh, and you're thinking, yeah, I don't quite get it yet. I don't feel like I'm walking with that closest. Maybe you're not even sure if you're a Christian or not. I just want to encourage you to get along to a church. There are so many churches that would love to welcome you, love to help you know more of God's love. And you can pop along to www.findachurch.co.uk if you're in the UK. Or if you're listening on other partner stations worldwide, contact the station and say, is there a church you could recommend? Because I want to find out about who Jesus is. Also, if you haven't heard of it, check out the Alpha course, which is a course where you can explore what the Christian faith is all about. Wow, Matthew, thank you for your prayer. Thanks for everything you've shared. Um, it'd be interesting to know a little bit about, okay, you've got this tour going on uh, and there's some new music coming as well because obviously it's 
been February 2020 since the last record and uh, and that's exciting. But what do you think God's got for you in this season? What are the things that God is working within Matthew? Yeah, that's a great question because I'm always doing things and I'm always writing new songs and, uh, you know, just finished a book that's coming out later this year. And um, I feel like I can be, um, I can create a slave to busyness type of mentality. And it's something I'm very aware of right now. And then I feel overwhelmed and I wonder why I'm overwhelmed. And, you know, I, my personal theme has become first things first this year, like to start off 2022, just kind of coming back to the basics of my faith. Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. And so, you know, I don't always hit it out of the park. I don't always have success in this, but like really taking all of my like ambition because I have a, I have like, I feel like I've got an extra dose of ambition and taking all my ideas and ambitions and holding them up to the light and say like, who is this for? And if it's for God and if it honors him, then, then I'll go forward. And if it's, if my motives are somewhere else where they shouldn't be, Lord, forgive me and help me continue to put first things first. So I think that's something that's been on my mind because I can get so busy that like, I'm, I love doing this interview and I pray that the Lord's helping me speak to people today in a powerful way. But like, who am I to think that that's going to happen if I'm not taking care of, you know, my, my personal spiritual relationship with the Lord. So if I let myself be too busy doing good things, but forget about the most important things, then I'm off track. And I think that's been a, you know, that's a, if I'm being honest, that's a theme in my life that I really struggle with. Okay. I, I love your honesty. And I think it's one of the things that probably a lot of us in the Christian world, it can be so easy to be busy doing things and doing lots of stuff at church or doing all sorts of things that, oh. that are, they're important things, but you're right. If they start to replace actually intimacy with God and, and putting the kingdom stuff first, that's the things he's called to, which at the start of the day, I guess is, can always be a relationship with him. Uh, it can all, all soon get very topsy-turvy. Um, and, and it'd be very easy for, for value, wouldn't it, to come from that? If, if I'm spending, and this is, this is a statement that'll hit really close to home for me, but if I'm spending more time talking about God than I am talking with God, then, then I got to change something. And that's that's a daily life. Can I ask about quiet times and worship times for you then? If you're wanting to spend time with God, what sort of things are you doing? Well, um, in order to like fight off distraction, I I I type a lot. Like, well, I, like I'll type my prayers out. Sometimes that helps me to stay focused. And like, um, there's an acronym that I use that I find really helpful to, to like spend a well-rounded time, like exploring the corners of my heart. Um, I, I, a preacher did this one time, but it was like acts, A-C-T-S, A stands for adoration. C stands for confession. T stands for Thanksgiving. S stands for supplication or, you know, bringing your needs. And there's something very profound in that succession and that like, you think about adoration being like just spending some time focusing on the attributes of God, on the character of God, on who he is, not what he does for you. Like 
who he is, right? Then, then go to confession, which immediately turns to like, who am I? And being honest about, oh, wow, okay, you know what I mean? And then Thanksgiving, oh, thank God for who you are and that you don't judge me for who I am. You know, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for all the ways you've provided for my family. And then finally, the last thing is bringing your needs to him. And there's something powerful that takes place when you do those first three before even coming to God with your needs. Like there's just, it changes what really matters and it changes what you're even asking for. And it changes your level of confidence in coming to God with your need because you've already spent time focusing on his majesty and his strength and his power and his all-knowing and his omnipotence. And like, man, when you get filled up with that knowledge and remembrance of who he is, then it's like a great joy to come to him with full expectancy that he's going to not only hear you when you pray, but that like when Acts says um, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I mean, then, then your prayers start to catch fire. Because you know that God's hearing you. It's exciting stuff and quite simple advice, but actually something that probably lots of us could go, oh, you know, oh, I'm going to start putting it, putting it in practice and get things the right way around in the right order and spend some time looking at who God is before we start with uh, an, sometimes an accidental shopping list of things that we need. Yeah. I was on the shopping list for other people. It's not necessarily things for ourselves, but you know what I mean, where we just go yeah. with all those things that are, God, please do this, please do this, please heal that person, yeah. please, et cetera. But yeah, to spend some time facing on him definitely great place to start i would also say like and it's not like and not all my quiet times are are dominated by that type of formality i think one of the things i'm still learning to lean into is like just whispering like before we started talking today you you prayed for me you know what i mean and it's like i want to be that kind of person that just like stops in the middle of the day and just like there's an old hymn that i sang at my uh um, grandmother's funeral and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. And I think about that, like, am I really walking with him? Am I really talking with him throughout the day too? You know what I mean? Um, so that, I think that's important. Yeah. In fact, talking of us talking with God and also hearing stuff, is, is there a time you can think of when God's spoken to you and changed your direction? Wow. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think of even like narrowing it down to, to even one time. Um, I feel like, um, I mean, I think about some of the big moments where like, not, I don't, I don't, I mean, I really felt like I had clarity from God about who I was supposed to marry. I'll tell you that. Like I that was the first thing that came to mind. It's just like, there just wasn't a doubt in my mind. And I knew that the Lord was like, and it wasn't necessarily a change in direction. It's not like I was going to break up with her, but you know, that was definitely. Uh, it's, a big, it's a big change of the situation though, isn't it? Stepping yeah. from, from dating causing to, to being married. Cause that's, um, yeah. As that, that's something you really want to, to hear God in. So in what way did you feel God confirmed that to you? I, I think I just, it felt like such a big decision in my life. And normally when I had big decisions, I'm not like, 
I struggle with decisiveness sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, and there was a decisiveness about me in this scenario that I knew only came from the Lord. And very few times have I felt that level of decisiveness since, you know what I mean? Um, and, and I think, and, and that's not to say that like, we're not hearing from the Lord when we're not a hundred percent, you know, I think a lot of times there is, there is that time where it's like, Lord, I think I'm hearing from you. I'm trying, like, that's, I think a lot of Christians, if we're honest, we're like, you know, and sometimes we make decisions like, you know, what maybe it's for me, it's like hiring somebody or partnering with some company or whatever, where I'm like, I thought I heard from the Lord. And then this didn't work out the way I thought it would, or, you know, and you're like, well, Lord, did I not hear right from you? Or, and I think it all just goes back to like, well, his ways are so much higher. So he may have had planned for me to work with the wrong person to bring me to the right place. He may have, you know what I mean? Like he's a, he's not a, it's, I wouldn't put that past him either. Right. I mean, he's capable of even like working our mistakes for the good and even our missteps and wrong turns. And so um, I, I, I'm sure there's a lot of different times that aren't even coming to mind where like a change in direction was brought about by what I felt him leading me to do. Um, sometimes it's the little things though. Like when I'm on stage, you know, and I'll just feel like I'm supposed to change the direction of the concert, you know, it like to go to a different song because of what the Lord's doing in my heart. Like that happens all the time. And, you know, maybe that's when you asked me that question, it stumped me for a second. I was thinking of like, big like seismic changes but the reality is is there's little everyday moments where it's like now do this like go to this song and i'm like okay i'll do that you know what i mean and i, I really do believe that's from the lord i you know what i think you're right the little nudges that we get throughout the day that actually take us a bit to the left take us a bit to the right but um but bring a change and sometimes you never know the impact and in fact i will share a story very quickly if i may so when i was at university um, quite a few years ago i was really struggling matthew the course was way too difficult for me i'd never done the subject before just started at a degree level always foolish because it was computer science which actually turns out it's quite quite techy and quite nerdy anyway I was, I was in my second year and i was going i can't do this it's too it's just too hard I, and i and i was in my quiet time sunday morning and i said god unless you tell me to carry on doing this I've got to give up because it's just too much for me. Um, so that's how desperate I got. So I went to church and there was a guest speaker who, who was preaching that morning. Um, never met me. I never met him. And uh, he um, he was talking about serving God. And, and as far as serving God, he goes, and if you're doing a computer science degree, don't give up. God needs you to do that. And then he carried on. And afterwards, I went up to him, I spoke to him and said, that's absolutely amazing. And he said, oh, I hadn't planned to say that. But it just in the moment just flowed out of him. And uh, and so I did not give up my computer science degree. And actually it all went very well in the end. But but it's just those strange nudges that he, he, he just at that moment heard just a little bit of a nudge and went with it. And it spoke to my exact wow. need for that day. So um, so I don't have an awful lot of stories that are quite that magnitude, but that was a prayer that was then answered in a miraculous way just later on, uh, on that same day. So, wow, that is awesome. So yeah, <laughs> I was pretty chuffed, worked out well. So um, could I could I ask you a little bit about worship though? For you, 
who are you listening to? If you want to, if, I don't, I don't really know what what things are. Like. For me, I'm going to go and stick on some CDs, and I might stick on a, a Matthew West CD sometimes. But but I imagine you probably don't often go and, and do that. In fact, thank you for the CD because you posted it and signed it for me, which was very sweet of you. Um, so, <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, who who are you listening to? What people are inspiring you close to Jesus? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I just interviewed Brooke Ligertwood. Um, oh wow, Seven. Yeah, her new album Seven. I've been digging it. Amazing. That. Uh, I'm a big Phil Wickham fan. Uh, his worship records are just really so powerful. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm like, it's interesting, too, because when I'm in music creation mode, I'm usually not listening to much music. Um, I'm just kind of in my zone, in my element and taking all of my influences into that, but not really actively listening to too much music in that season. So it's kind of a, it's a little weird like that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't know. It's a, it's just sort of interesting to see how that, like I wind up listening a lot to my own mixes, my own new songs and like being dominated by music while I'm working. So when I'm done, I'm not putting as much music on <laughs> um that sort of makes sense yeah, yeah. so but but at, at the same time i am such a lover of music and these days like the artists who are on tour with me i'm diving into their music so much hearing it every night and uh and then a lot of times we're writing songs during the day before the show and so me getting to know their music a lot and then better understanding how to serve them when we're writing songs together that's a big part of it too so um i do a lot of songwriting behind the scenes for other artists. And so a lot of what I'm doing is like diving into their sound and understanding who they are and listening and being a student of the whole genre, really. Do you know what I'm saying? And, but, but sometimes it's a challenge for me to just go to where I can just listen for enjoyment. I can, I can imagine that actually, because uh, it's sometimes I'm listening to other people's podcasts and things. I, I get in, I, and I have to try not to do it, but I can get into critique mode and I can go and I, and I start going, oh, I could learn from that. I could do this different. I could, and then actually rather than enjoying the podcast for what it is, I'm starting thinking too analytically and, and not, not just going, oh yeah, yeah. And, and receiving the goodness, isn't it? If that, if that makes sense at all. <laughs> it's so true. That's the way it is for me in church sometimes. Like when I go to church, I'm just like, how do I turn my brain off in a way where I can just enjoy the, the worship time and it, it can be an extra challenge for me sometimes. Yeah, I, I can, I can imagine. Uh, podcasts though. So you mentioned that you've spoken to, to Brooke recently. Uh, and when we first talked two years ago, you, you had just launched your podcast. Um, but it's been, it's been amazing successful, hasn't it? It's been, because uh, you, I was, at the time I was somewhat cynical. I was like, will it just be just like all the other people jumping on the podcast bandwagon? But you really, it's been quite, well, I would say very successful and, and quite an amazing extra thing for you to be doing in the podcast. What's been your highlight of it? Gosh, I mean, I, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Um, I've really enjoyed being on the other side of the microphone. Um, you know, I have a new respect for what, guys like you do and you do it so well i mean just drawing out um stories drawing out kind of a safe place creating a safe place for people to tell their story um i feel like i've grown a lot with every guest that i've had on i've been challenged i've been i feel like everything that's happened to me in listening to these people that i talk to is what i hope the listeners are are getting out of it you know so when i talk to christine kane about 
her fight against human trafficking. And I'm getting just so fired up to go, man, I, I want my life to count for something like that. I have a feeling the listener is feeling the same way, you know, and, um, and, and the list goes on. And so I think the highlight has been meeting new people, being on the other side of the microphone, being a learner of um, just a studier of people and learning from their experiences and, and being a, a sponge for wisdom and, and things like that. So I feel like hopefully the listeners have enjoyed it. I know I've gotten a lot out of it and uh, it's a lot of work. I'm not going to lie. I mean, you know that as well. It's just like, I've done an episode every Wednesday for two years and it's, it's a lot. And now that my touring is back, I'm like, okay, how do I do this? You know, how do I juggle multiple full-time jobs? And, um, but I do, I am excited to hear people share that they like it or that they're being ministered to by it or adding it into their, you know, their quiet time as well. Um, and that's what it's got to be about. So I've enjoyed it. Well, you know what we need to do? We need to, I thought, just to say, listeners, it's called the Matthew S podcast. It's a tricky, complicated name, Matthew S podcast. Uh, if you only going to listen to one podcast, listen to Matthew's. But if you're listening to two, carry on listening to mine as well, because I do enjoy the Matthew S podcast. Um, I, need, I need to have you on. Uh, I need to have you on mine. And like, I was thinking about this a moment ago while we were talking. I was like, I should have you on as like a guest host one day. And like, you could kind of interview me on a, on a podcast episode. I think that would be really cool. I would, I would love that. And I was going to say, and if I want to go on holiday at some point, you can come and host mine. It would be, <laughs> it'd be great. Yeah, we can swap it. We can swap. That sounds good. That will confuse people with my funny English accent. But anyway, <laughs> that's, that's great. Thank you, Matthew. I'd love that. So, um, I, what's, what's it with your family at the moment? Can I say, so I think I'm all right. You've been married. Is it 19 years to Emily? Yeah, it's, it's almost 19 years, so I got to do something special this year. Our anniversary is in May, and um, I've got to uh, I got to show up big time for for my yeah. wife. So so now is the time to do some good planning on that one, isn't it? Yes, it is. And uh, she's a uh, she's such a she's my best friend, and um, you know I, I'm just so thankful for the blessing of her in my life and. We have two incredible daughters and, uh, you know, it's, it's been, uh, I really got used to being home with them while we were kind of locked in. And, um, and so it's been a, a, quite an adjustment. You never really get used to the life of a traveling musician. It just, it's always difficult being away, but, um, but, you know, like my daughter has a lacrosse game this afternoon and I'm going to miss it, you know, and it's just you get that little that little ache inside that says I'm I'm, I'm not somewhere I should be, you know. Um, but we, we try to find a balance as a family and uh, I'm so thankful for my wife and my daughters. Well, what's your favorite thing about your wife and each of your daughters? So your wife's Emily, I don't know your daughter's names. You don't need to say them if yeah. you don't put them on air, I don't know. Uh, Lulu is my oldest and Delaney is my youngest and uh gosh you know uh I think my wife is the kind of friend to people that I wish I was like she she's such she's like a true friend you know and um I think a lot of times like in my career like so much of 
about my career is like what people do for me. And I don't know, it's, it's harder to develop like true friendships that aren't transactional relationships, you know? And she's just the opposite. She's like, she's not interested in transactional friendships. Like meaning like I'm friends with you in the sense that you provide something that I need. And I, you know what I mean? Like, um, and, and our industry, music industry can be a lot more like well, people want to be friends with you if there's something they can get from you, you know? Yeah. And, uh, she's just not that person. And I've seen her be a true friend to people. Um, like right now, and, and just, it's just her heart to be a servant, like, and, and she never underestimates the importance of serving one person at a time, not, and I'm always focused on reaching the masses with my music and she does things that reach the ones like right now she's in, um, she's an advocate. They have this program here in the States and uh, where they have kind of independent advocates who get trained to um, help with um, domestic issues where children might be deemed in harm's way. Uh-huh. And, and so the court will allow there to be like an f- independent third party whose sole mission is to make sure that the child's best interests are looked after. And so she signed up for that and has gone through all this training. And it's like, she steps into a really difficult family situation when she gets appointed a case and she goes and loves on the kids and tries to find out like where, where they would be safest. And it's just like, shouldn't have to do that, you know? And it's just, it's really inspiring to me to see her do that. And the difference that's going to make in a kid's life to know that, you know, mom and dad might be fighting over each other or fighting over the kids or whatever, something going wrong, but there's at least one person whose only interest is the child's safety. Wow. I've got to say, I would imagine that for some of the kids that she gets involved with, they will never forget your wife stepping into that situation and bringing bringing peace in the middle of probably conflict and strife and chaos. So what an amazing thing to do. Um, I'm, I, I'm, I've got, I've got a new fresh respect for your wife. I, I would respect her because clearly she more than puts up with you. She, <laughs> but, but the fact that she's doing that as well, Matthew, is, yeah. um, is, is fantastic. So, but, but congratulations on, on 19 years. Thinking of, thinking of anniversary gifts. Uh, so when we've been married for 10 years, my wife and I went to the Maldives, uh, three weeks, all inclusive. Uh, it was absolutely amazing. So that's three one weeks? option. Three weeks. <laughs> Yeah. So, well, you, you don't you don't get married for 10 years every day of the week. So it seemed like a good idea. Um, uh, it was a good idea. I really enjoyed it. But um, but that wasn't really my recommendation for you because uh, it's actually very expensive these days back then because I've been married for 30 years. So back then it was it was quite cheap. Um, but um, but what I would say is, have you heard of love after marriage? Like. The, the, there's, there's a course called Love After Marriage. Oh, no, no, I oh, no. Okay, B- book you and your wife onto Love After Marriage. Uh, she will she will be blessed by it, and, and you will too. It's, a, it's an okay. excellent course. I've done loads of marriage courses, and lots of marriage courses are good, but that one was standout special. So, um, so there, there's yeah. my little top tip for you. Typing that down right now, Love After Marriage. That's a course? Yeah. So. All right, that's good. Yeah, I got to... 
I think a vacation might be nice. Maybe the United Kingdom or something, huh? It's, it's a great idea. And and if you do come to the United Kingdom, feel free to swing by Bournemouth. Uh, you'd be very welcome. We'd, we'd, we'd love to give you a nice cup of tea and a little tour of the town or something. So that that'd be great. So, okay. Um, we've got one more track uh, to play from you and it's called Wonderful Life. So could you tell us about Wonderful Life? I write songs inspired by people's stories and... Um, I, I had uh, I was contacted by a, a man from Houston, Texas, who reached out to me at the height of the pandemic, actually. And he let me know that, you know, while everybody was battling COVID, he was fighting a different fight. And uh, he had been diagnosed with ALS and uh, had been fighting for three years with ALS. And he knew his time on Earth was was soon coming to an end and hospice Hospice. For people who don't know what, what what is ALS. I'm I've heard the term, but I don't know what what, what the impacts are. It's like um, it's a it's a I'm going to speak ignorantly about it, but it's like a neurologically um, neurological uh, debilitating. ALS is a progressive neurodegenerative disease, and um, and there is no cure for it, and um. In, in fact, there's a whole uh, organization seeking to help people um, with ALS. Um, it's a genetic genetic thing. But he was um, here. Let me actually read a little bit more about it here because the the medical. So, oh, OK, this is what it, it affects the nerve cells in the brain and the spinal cord. And there is no cure for it. And so um, it's incredibly debilitating and hospice nurses had been called in to take care of him in his final days but he reached out just to let me know he wanted to thank me for one of my songs because he has his hospice nurses play it for him every morning it's like his wake-up song and it was a song of mine called strong enough and um i don't i was just touched by that and i wanted to meet him and you know in 2020 the only way you were meeting people was via zoom calls and so I said, well, let's have a Zoom call, you know, and so his hospice nurses helped him prepare for a Zoom call. And I got on the other end of the Zoom call and I figured I would just kind of spend a few minutes encouraging him and sing the song for him that he wanted to hear. And what I didn't know is that he had plans to do something different. And, and for the entire call, he actually spent the entire Zoom call encouraging me and I just was so touched by like, he had to kind of fight to get some of his words out, but he just kept saying like, Matthew, thank you for your music. You know, Matthew, you're a good dad. You know, Matthew, God, God's so proud of you. Your best music's ahead of you. Keep serving Jesus and his perspective on life and death and heaven. Just really, it really spoke to me. And um, I, I just couldn't shake the thought that like, he's using some of his last words on me, you know? And I actually was going through a really tough time at that point. And he had no way of knowing that, but the Lord used him to speak to me in a time where I really needed it. So a few weeks later, I got a call that he passed away and I just couldn't shake the thought that like, I was like one of the last kind of conversations he had. And, and uh, I sat down and wrote this song about, his story and just about the the good the bad and the broken of life and how it's 
you know, there's a line in the song that says it's a mountain and a valley. It's a cradle and a grave. It's a blessing and a battle. And it's on any given day. It's messy and imperfect. It's a thief and it's a gift. This life ain't always wonderful, but what a wonderful life it is. It's a mountain and a valley. It's a cradle and a grave. It's a blessing and a battle. And it's on any given day. It's messy and imperfect. It's a thief and it's a gift. Yeah, this life ain't always wonderful. What a wonderful life it is. It'll send you flying high. It'll bring you to your knees. It's the heartbreak and the happiness and everything between. It's the life until it hurts. It's the hurt until you cry. Can't have one without the other. It's how you know that you're alive in this broken and beautiful gone mad. And that was Wonderful Life by Matthew West. An absolute joy to chat with him again here on The Artist Interview. Thank you so much, Matthew, for your time. And there are many other interviews for you to enjoy, dear listener. Just pop onto your favourite podcast platform and search up The Artist Interview. Thanks for joining me, Gordon T. God bless you. Talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music. This is the Hope FM Artist Interview.